thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. podcast you uh you must be brad i am and as always you are andrew i am and uh we are the uh podcast that critics are saying still has a couple tricks up their sleeves yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that we do that we do so uh i say we get right to it yeah let's do it what are you sipping on I am sipping on ah, well I it's got, I got a story to go along with this. Mm. Nice little story. Um, so uh, for for Christmas, Santa got Liam and myself and my wife uh, season passes to Hershey Park. Nice. Which Hershey Park, as everyone knows, is, is the sweetest place on earth. Until you go there and it's. There's a lot of rotund people walking around, and uh, it, it's not bad because he has a blast and we're having fun. The diabetes we up, place on earth. <laughs> we we went up there to uh, have our pictures taken for our, our, our passes, and in the meantime, we were 
rode a couple rides and all that stuff. And as we were leaving, and Liam said, this is one of my favorite places. And I was like, oh. yeah, it was really fun and it was good. But one of my favorite places is like half a mile up the road, Trogues Brewery. Mm-hmm. And so, and uh, Brooks was like, well, you want to go? And I was like, well, I I mean, that was just the uh, kind of like a, a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. Just being like honest. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it was, yeah. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. It's maybe a subliminal hint. Yeah. So we went up to Trogues, and of course, when you go to Trogues, they have a bunch of scratch beers that they always do. Nice. And of course, it's my favorite brewery. So I sat down, and or I, we we sat down, and I walked up to the bar, and and they had a uh, what uh, Perpetual is probably my favorite beer. Mm. It's between that and Two Hearted, um, but they had a Perpetual Darkness. Which they uh, they made a, uh, a, a I don't know a, a dark perpetual. So a perpetual uh, I've talked about before is just a really huge, like super hoppy. It's it's it should be a double, but it's not. It's like a like I think it's like a six point nine mm-hmm. with like an eighty IBU, and um, what what they had was. Uh, what I what I found was having uh, I was able to find this perpetual darkness, and I'm I'm kind of stalling because I'm looking for all the oh there it is okay um, it, it's considered a barley wine, um, but it's it's not it has um, it has a real high IB, or ABV with a 10.6 and a, a moderate IBU of 59, which is pretty high for most, um, uh, considering most IPAs. I mean, most IPAs are sitting right around there. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it, it kind of, it, it, it takes, it takes the perpetual beer and it, it throws all the, it, it it says it's barley wine, but I'd say it's more of a uh, more of an imperial slash um, maybe a, a Belgian. Mm-hmm. They they throw some malts, they throw some sweet into it, um, but it's really good. Uh, it's fantastic. Like I'd like this to be like on their their seasonal rotation. They have a lot of seasonal beers that they bring out, and like this would be sweet if they did they did this. Um, it's sweet, but it's hoppy. It just has all the good flavors of a great beer, and uh, I love it. I gave it a four point five. Nice. Probably, I'd probably give it a five if I wasn't being, you know, kind of a hipster that way. Where hmm. I don't want to give it a five. Nothing's five. good enough. Is that proud? But what's crazy is like, I got huge hands, right? Big, mm-hmm. big hands. Um, like this might look like. Just a regular can of beer, but this is a pounder, right? Mm-hmm. I'm showing Andrew on uh, our uh, Facebook Live, like holding a crowler in your hand. Yeah, is it's it's uh, almost daunting, and <laughs> uh, what we have to do tonight because mm-hmm. we are uh, we have a mission and we have to do our job. Yes, uh, but and my job tonight is to drink this whole giant. Uh, if you gotta 
it's it it's fantastic. It's, it's awesome. Um, uh, it says that they, they taste overripe grapefruit, grassy herbs, herbs, and candied orange. I don't get that. That actually doesn't even really sound a lot like uh, barley wine, even. Uh, it, it doesn't taste like barley wine. It tastes like a um, a watered down uh, malty beer. It 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 it, it looks like, it feels like it's a, a once uh, a hundred twenty minute mm-hmm. uh, dogfish mixed with a perpetual. Ooh. So. Wow, that does yeah, sound daunting. Uh, 120 minute can be a bit of a daunting beer. Mm. I love it though. Awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, so, and it, what was great was I was sitting there better uh, than a theme park drinking a snifter while I got a, a crowler mm-hmm. and all of a sudden someone comes up and puts their arm around my neck. And what, what would have been great is if I just flipped him right over my shoulder, mm-hmm. you know, did that, you know, whole thing where you don't want to attack an assassin, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was my brother and we ha- I, I hadn't seen him. I mean, I've seen him like on and off it. It's so weird. We live 35 minutes away, but I never uh, get to talk to him and hang out. And he just so happened to be at the bar at the time. Nice. And we got to hang out and hang out the whole evening. With him. So that was, it makes it that beer so much better. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. So shout out to Aaron. Even though he doesn't listen to any of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's been on them. You wouldn't know it, though. No. <laughs> uh, nice. All right. What are you having? Uh, I'm having a really good beer tonight as well. Um, from Great Raft Brewing and uh, At Arm's Length, which is an India Pale Lager. Uh, 6% ABV, 50 IBUs. Um it is uh, kind of, uh, it's, I don't know, if it's good because I feel like there's so many hazy IPAs down here and there's only one or two that are like head and shoulders above the rest. So it's nice to, and I was having this the other day while I was sitting on my front porch uh, in the uh, hot Louisiana sun. It's nice to have a refreshing and hoppy beer that actually tastes distinct. Yeah. It's smooth. It's uh, it's a little sweet. It's a little piney. Just that classic flavor that I was always looking for when I first got into craft beer. It's refreshing. It's, uh, you know, unique style. It definitely has that lager quality to it. Um, it finishes, like, really crisp and really clean. Um, but it's got that hoppy flavor, hoppy aroma, and um, I, I'm, I'm just thrilled with this beer. Uh, I gave it a four on Untapped. Great Raft is a uh, brewery in Shreveport, Louisiana, and they have made some of my favorite beers since I got down here. Um, the one that immediately comes to mind is one called Grace and Grit, mm-hmm. um, which was a great double IPA and again it was nice because I, I like the hazy IPAs I like those juicy um, you know dank hopped like you pour it in a glass and it almost looks like orange juice I like those but I I feel like everyone's doing them and aside from the one or two that are above the rest they all just kind of taste indistinguishable 
Mm-hmm. So, um, it, you know, Great Raft is is making some really great beers right now, and they're not uh, really following the trend, at least right now. So, are they awesome. bucking the trend? Um, they're forging their own path. I don't know if they're go. gonna, you know, altogether just never do a hazy double, but. Because they'd be well, stupid not to. Because you you do have to appease the masses to a degree, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. And if they did, they might be one of the ones that are, you know, better than the others. But um, this is just like it's it's a nice change up, which but still has the flavors that I'm looking for. And now that it's getting hot again, it's nice to have a beer that it just like finishes clean, very refreshing. Um, but still has a beer flavor to it, you know, not like the uh, the Miller Lights of the world and stuff like that. Right. That's good. I, and I especially like your uh, your photo. Oh, it's thank you. And very, uh, if you want to check it out, you can go in Untapped, and you are at arm's length, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Yeah, I like your uh, your putting green and the. Uh, hint that uh maybe you have a dog in the house yes oh yes or a rabid kid i don't know it's tough to say well i was trying to get some uh scale to it Mm -hmm. um oh that makes a lot more sense actually yes the the giant uh femur from like a cow bone (laughs) and what i'm drinking out of this crowler so yes so if you do get a chance come on join us on untapped yeah we haven't had too many new friends lately, which I don't know if that's saying something on you guys or saying something on us. Yeah, what's so? Who is it? I want to fucking know. Hmm. Um, yeah, this also not a. Uh, this is a full, not a crawler, but a full pint, which yeah, you know, you gotta love yeah. that too. The pounders, they're the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, yeah, uh, good beer this week. I'm, yeah about that good i'm glad yeah it's it's usually one or the other one of us is having a good beer and the other's kind of floundering (laughs) we're both enjoying ourselves that's right i guess we always are anyways but you know so on and so forth uh yeah untapped as you said anything uh anything else going on in the beer world for you uh not really it's um it's uh yeah i no 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 beer fest, no yeah. anything like that. I hope to uh, we're heading up to State College next weekend, mm-hmm. which will be fun. Um, there's a, there's a lot of good breweries up breweries up there, nice. and um, we always I always find some good beers up there. So that's that's the plan for that. I like that. I just uh, missed the other day. I was going in to get my tips at the bar. I I just missed uh, Mr. Gleason. Oh yeah. Mhm. Yeah. That would be fantastic to be able to interact with him. Yeah. And then probably also heartbreaking, I'm sure. Yeah. I well, it it is one of those things where it's like how, what, and how. I. I'd, I'd probably say it's nice to meet you. I love Pearl Jam too, yeah. and then just walk <laughs> away. <laughs> uh, no, he. Uh, so. 
the uh, brewery I work at. Um, one of the owners is a uh, newly retired uh, saint and uh, was a teammate of Steve Gleason's. And uh, they've, uh, in the past, did a uh, Gleason Pale Ale. And I think this year um, they are doing a new beer, uh, still under, under the Gleason name, uh, all for the uh, No White Flags, uh, his, his charity. So pretty cool, and yeah. uh, he was in the brewery the other day. I don't know the level to which his involvement, because of course, you know, I don't know how involved he can be, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but he's he's come come by the brewery at least a few times since I've been working, and I have not not been able to see him yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, and hopefully he can stick around for a while. I. I I truly do. I mean, yeah, we talked about him, uh, you know, based on that uh, documentary we watched yeah. called Gleason, which is still streaming on Amazon. If anyone is interested, it's great yeah. watch. It's a, it's a, it's a inspirational watch to say the least. Um, but like, I mean, you look at, uh, 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 Richard Hawkins, Stephen. No, Stephen Hawking. MC Richard. Hawking. I'm thinking Richard Dawkins. R- yes. I'm yeah. following. Yeah. Um, Stephen Hawkins, I mean, he had ALS and yeah. around for, what was he, 70, a couple years old? Yeah. Yeah. Was, he just recently passed away and he had been sick for quite some time. And you wonder, like, do you ever wonder, like, if if he hadn't been confined to that chair and, like, he he was <laughs> because uh, yeah. there's a theory of everything where he was he was a flander. Yeah. Like, had he not been confined to the chair, would he have done what he, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If I was, I mean, if I was in the chair 24-7, I'd get a ton of stuff done. That's right. I, and that's kind of rude to say but oh it's fine as long as it's in jest yeah but yeah it is it is funny it's like yeah just sits around all day thinking about science yeah i would yeah i'd be like i need technology to search reddit yeah, yes, exactly <laughs> yeah like if i had to if all i could do is sit and like google stuff all day with my tongue, mm-hmm. then yeah, I don't know if I get a whole lot done. No. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't have the burden of YouTube for a long time. That's, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So so um, when when we uh, when we uh, put that Gleason beer out, I'll I'll uh, I'll review it on the pod. That'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, so cool. I, I know last year it was just a, a an American pale ale, so not not really a style I like when it doesn't have those hops. Um, but I think this year it is going to be hopped up a little bit. So excited about that! Which is weird when you think of America, you think of hoppy beers. Like yeah. you don't think it like any other country they don't have right. hops. Yeah, you know, it's it's a little weird. It is funny, yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah. I will, um, maybe one night we'll be able to make a call to uh, my buddy Brennan because he's got some, some some weird beer stories about 
living in Germany. Uh, just like what they can and can't have, and like s- above a certain uh, ABV is like it has to be considered like a ration of something. Like it's weird. Oh, that'd be fantastic! I'd love yeah. to talk to him about that. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, I went to a beer spa. Did I talk about this on here? I might I have. So. Yeah, so I definitely want to do that. I plan on visiting him hopefully next year. Uh, definitely want to go to the beer spa in Prague. Mm. Oh, Prague, yes. Like, Prague sounds so much fun, but so dangerous at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll need to uh, learn some learn some karate. <laughs> Yes, it it would be. Uh, I'd I'd love it if you ended up in like an Eastern Promises, like uh, spa where you have to fight someone <laughs> naked. Yeah, or, yeah. Wieners, wieners are just like flying around. And yes. Just... <laughs> it just, just wet noodles slapping against each other, and we both get freaked out and run away. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. <laughs> they oh, touched. No. Oh no. They touched. <laughs> I do have tattoos on my knuckles, so I might yeah. get in a fight. That's right. Uh, that's one thing we haven't done yet, really, is a whole lot of like fight scene stuff. Because you guys no. tackled that a little bit on the um, the pre uh, View yeah, incarnation. You know, yeah, you the did, Mavs uh, movie specials, fight scene. Yeah, yeah, definitely did did that. Um, but the one we're going to be getting into, like, I, you know, there's so many specifics that we can go into. Like, you know, we can do, like, hand-to-hand combat, like, shootouts. Like, I just John Wick would be in both those for me. Yes. I'm obsessed with that movie. I don't think I've talked about it in, uh, a lot on here, but I am, like... We'll talk about it now. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that movie. The choreography of that movie... Um, I was thinking about today, like in the, in the filmography of it too, like or yeah. the, not the filmography, but the, uh, the cinematography is right? great. Um, the uh, I was thinking about that in Mad Max. I was thinking about Mad Max today, and possibly because I just watched Warrior, um, Tom Hardy on the brain, and uh, just how you can if you start with a simple story that's like almost impossible to convolute and like that, that's such a good foundation and it doesn't always work. It's not a hundred, you know, it's not a 100% formula, but it, it can yield great results with the right people involved. If, if you have the Im- imagination and the budget, yeah. I imagine, and, and the creative people around you. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you don't always have to have the budget as well. Like, you can, yeah. you can make it work. And, like, it, when you say Mad Max, it, like, conjures up this, like, I just want to, as soon as someone says it, it's like, I want to watch it again. Yeah. I just don't have the time. But, like, it is so, like, the task that they... <laughs> did like it, it is was so daunting and it mm-hmm. was so well executed that it you can't it like for people like to be like oh it was too fast it was too jerky you like no come on you know what yeah that's i that's fine if it's your personal taste like if you didn't like it but i feel like you gotta at least give it props like uh, you gotta they appreciate took, it they took a story that was literally 
people trying to get from point A to point B, no more, no less, essentially a chase scene, and expanded it into this two-hour movie that was from start to finish, like high octane. um, Literally. Yes. Just nonstop, in your face, just a thrill ride. And like, that's a thing that, you know, that's a cliche thing to say. And I feel like so many movies don't earn that praise, but this was literally like the, the movie that is an example of a thrill ride. And it looked beautiful. It was edited incredibly. The score was amazing. Um, the cinematography, the practical effects. The practical effects. Yeah. Like if people, I, I can't imagine being on that set and like what they were asked to do. Mm-hmm. Like they, we're asked to do like crazy stuff and not only the stars, but think about all the, like the, there was like the, the, um, like the stand-ins, the cat, like the whole cat, like it was just an enormous, uh, bunch of people trying to make this thing work. And it like, so rarely does that all happen and it all comes together. Yeah. And it, it, it happens with the editors and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. also it has to have a, um, a visionary, or a person that has a vision. Yeah. I mean, to say a visionary is maybe a little bit of hyper, hyper, hyperbole, but um, but to have the vision to do it and everyone buy in and actually put the money in, in to do it and it just pays off. It's just fucking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's rare. And I, I know I talked about this too, back to John Wick. I just... And, you know, we talk about comic book movies all the time. We are definitely not – we're two guys that do not shun the we, – we talk about the the uh, fatigue, how it's very real, but we're definitely not like, you know what, comic book movies got to go. Um, but it's so cool that this was just someone's idea. Like, it, there is no source material other than this guy thought of something great. And a lot of, you know, and I feel like that's a parallel with Mad Max as well. Obviously, you have, you know, George Miller 45 years prior coming up with these characters and this stuff. But he just, he whittled it down to nothing but essentials as far as plot and just made this fucking great movie. Yeah. It's just, and hopefully, like, as as hard as that, like, because... I, there was there's war stories from that movie where yeah. you know the 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 main actors were you know they had a rough time with it right yeah and hopefully he's able to keep pulling it off here for the next couple because he's not a young man i mean no he's what george miller's in his 80s i think yeah and like it's crazy to have that kind of vision and be able to do that stuff because most of the people i know in their 80s are dead yeah, or not cognitively sharp like that. Right. Yeah, they're dead to me because <laughs> they never call. Uh, yeah, it's wild. It's right. what's scary to me actually about that is, um, I think I sent you an article. There's like a squabble between George Miller and Warner Brothers, like right. over a couple million, which. Um, it would be a big deal to to you or I, but yes, to well, them is dr- no, not really. I mean, we do squabble over that. Yeah, I mean, we we choose <laughs> choose not to squabble because of the millions we're pulling in. Yeah. Um. 
by the way, Blue Apron. It's a thing. <clears throat> and uh, It's a can, thing? Yeah. And Lisa Mattresses? Yeah. You can eat Blue Apron on your Lisa Mattress while you're watching Hulu. Yes. And All after with, you ordered it from Stamps.com. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Stamps.com. And uh, if you need any directions, go to LegalZoom. And if you're... If you have trouble getting to LegalZoom, you might need for him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Put the Zoom back in your legal pad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, drops in a bucket. And we're being denied a, a follow-up because they can't move forward until they figure this out. And it, it pisses me off. And it's like... It was a, such a block. Like it was it. No way should it have been very good at all. Like it, it should have been like Beyond the Thunderdome Part Three or Two or whatever it was. Like it shouldn't have been that good. Yeah, it was no, it's fantastic, and it, it it killed at the box office too. Yeah, and it will kill at the next one whenever it's released. Because yeah, it, you put Mad Max on it now. You mm -hmm. put Tom Hardy's lips on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the kiss of. Uh, yeah, I'd put his lips on it. What? Mm -hmm. This the six percent beard is going to my head. Mm -hmm. Not really. I'd say that stone sober, stone sober. Uh, yes. So I mean, we're already talking about movies. We're already talking about Tom Hardy. Uh, you assigned me a movie. I did. From uh, two thousand and eleven, I believe, called Warrior. Uh, yes. Stream on Amazon Prime right now, starring uh, Tom Hardy, Joel Edgerton, and Nick Nolte. Um, it is a story of two brothers training for the uh, UFC or M is it not? No, it's probably not branded. It's, UFC. UFC, MMA, it's just a MMA um, Sparta Grand Prix. So basically yeah. a four round tournament of death. Uh, and it was written and directed by Gavin O'Connor. Gavin O'Connor, uh, who... Um, recently directed the accountant uh but uh directed the 2004 movie miracle and after i learned that i was kind of like oh i can see a couple i can see some stylistic yes. similarities in the way that he handles sports action absolutely um, yeah so so that kind of that definitely clicked for me after the fact i was like oh wow that's you know he definitely has has a style in which he shoots frenetic action um but that stuff really it gets going like in the third act but for the most part it, this movie is not about the fighting it's no it's all about the relationship um between the brothers tom hardy and Joel Edgerton and their estranged father, played by Nick Nolte, who was incredible in this. Um, I I honestly don't know if I've ever thought of Nick Nolte as, as a good actor before. Um, I don't not not that he's a bad actor, but like this was like he played a guy who um, on paper was deserving of absolutely no sympathy at all. Um, but he just had some really like gut wrenching moments of like he he played such a great flawed character paying for the sins of his past. Yeah, it's it's the 
it's the the dad it's the uh over involved dad at the, the with the the wrestling kids or mm-hmm. you know the the yeah. one that's like you have to like as a let's say you're a t-ball coach or something like that and it's the dad just yelling at his kid whenever he comes off the field and everyone's kind of like looks away <sighs> uh, yeah. yeah and it's like and like you know the home life there is not that good and mm-hmm. like you can in and, and i think what what makes this movie great is in you're saying this is like it plays it plays on those things where you know nick nolte is that dad and yeah. everyone has seen that dad and you don't even have to go into the backstory you don't yeah yeah and you, but you know how he was as a younger father mm-hmm. you know yeah and the way he treated his kids yeah and yeah it, it, he just he's not someone you want to root for um but then there there is that scene where he falls off the wagon and you're just kind of crushed by it. It's like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, and, um, so this movie, (laughs) I feel like it, um, breaks no new ground. It slaps the MMA paint job on. Yeah. It slaps the MMA paint job on every underdog story ever. Um, it has no right, to be as good as it is uh yet and still i i think this is um like an instant contender for like if i had to pick a top five favorite sports movies if there's a a sport that i hate it's it's mma and it's because of the ufc and it's totally a bias against like the the like you know teed up losers who maybe have been in a couple street fights who just love that shit eat that shit up um so i feel like for me to even you know i i'm it's no secret i can be pretty damn judgmental yeah but for but- me to even like be able to completely look past that and be fully involved and fully committed um it it just like I, I don't think I can oversell this movie. Um, it's streaming on Amazon Prime. Oh, strong, strong, strong recommend. Uh, I gave it a nine on IMDb. Great. I did the same thing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. Great. And uh, it's it's trending pretty high, too. Um, this Yeah, 8.2 uh, yeah. overall user score. So, you know, the, the, it's just it's a really good movie. It's not... Um, it's definitely not a feel-good movie, and I think that that's interesting too. Um, especially when we talk about like a paint-by-number sports movie, the ending is not sad, but it doesn't have that like you know underdog buzzer beater um, swell of excitement. It just kind right. of like um, it doesn't. It doesn't end on the crescendo. Yes, yeah, it kind of revels in its it's mixed bag of kind of like nastiness. Uh, is, well, and, and what it does also is it, it kind of examines the, the sport itself where it's not like a one punch you're done. It's like yeah. you're bloodied. You're yeah. Like it's, it, and uh, as a fan of uh, UFC or MMA, mm-hmm. I do like it. I, I oh yeah. It all like utterly fascinating. I, well, I, I, I will tell you a hundred percent. It's, 
it's the fan base and it's not you you are not this guy at all but it's the fan base that makes me hate it it's the guys who think they're uh mad dog yeah like oh yeah. i love watching come that at, guy get come fuck- at me bro yeah i loved watching that guy get fucked up like <laughs> i honestly would like wanted to get out of my seat and just like cheer <laughs> punch <laughs> air like i was on molly at a kanye west concert <laughs> 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 yeah it uh, because it is a bloody and brutal like nasty sport yeah and, um and i like joel edgerton like like he went from being like uh a non-starter for me like a guy yeah. that i just i'm done with but like i think i I talked on podcasts like within the last probably year or mm-hmm. maybe two years. Like when I thought I had watched this movie and then I rewatched it, I think I talked about it. And then I watched uh, a couple different movies. Um, I think it comes at night mm-hmm. and, and it, like he's a, he's a good actor. He's a really good actor. And um, what's a movie with um, uh, the, the gift, uh, the gift, right? Yeah. Yeah. This little subtle roles and stuff like, uh, he's he's a pretty good actor, and yeah, of course Tom Hardy's great. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, Nick Nolte standing there in the in the yard or in the in the street, like kind of oh, holding his hands. Yeah, and that was rough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great scene, man. Yeah, um, a really good flick, man. I'm yeah. glad you watched it. I'm glad you liked it because no, I really liked it. It's um, worth the watch for sure. It it absolutely is. It absolutely is, and it it just um. I don't know. Really good. Uh, it was funny to see. Um, I it was funny to see Tom Hardy, uh, kind of smaller, because I feel like he, no, he's, he's really he's so life, right? he's so cut in this and and well like muscular wise like in uh, in the Dark Knight Rises he looks like a fucking Street Fighter character. Yeah. Like he's just so hulking and massive. And in this, he just really is. He's just, he looks so much more athletic. And it's like, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, and some of those movies, he looks like he has a pituitary problem. Yeah. And then, yeah. And yes, yeah. he's just, he's cut up and he's, you know, he takes care of his body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about him. Yeah. And, but like all the tattoos were really good. Like they, they matched his persona. Yeah. You know, um, and I loved it because it's based in Pittsburgh. There you go. Pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. there was a line about Tommy being back in the Berg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Cool. Back in the Berg. Brood in the Berg. That's right. I see what's going on. Yeah, there. there's a couple different Bergs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Philadelphia yeah, yeah. doesn't fall in that. Yeah, I saw the uh <laughs> the, the, the terrible towel on the wall. In uh, in his like childhood bedroom or something. Yeah. Nice. No. Uh, yeah. Nice touch. It, yeah. It it rang home for me. It it rang true. Yeah. For sure for me. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I watched it with OT and. Uh, How did she feel? She enjoyed it. Um, more than I think she's willing to admit. She, she says she got a little teary eyed at parts, and I was like, No, you were crying. You're <laughs> you're a liar. <laughs> um. I wish you weren't a liar. Yeah, I just wish you weren't a liar. And then, uh, for some reason, I don't know why this stuck out in my head, but for some reason, um, 
in the opening credits, they're like showing the factories, and she goes, "Is this Gary, Indiana?" It's like, what? <laughs> Why? <Yeah. laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but no. <laughs> Does this like look Pittsburgh. like the birthplace of Michael Jackson? <laughs> Gary, Indiana is actually supposed to be. Um, not supposed to be. It is rough as f. Yeah. So, yeah, no. It's not not quite as white as the cast of this movie. Um, oh yeah, super white. Mm-hmm. Tatted white. Yes, yes. Uh, but really, I I don't think I can oversell this movie. Um, and this movie was. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you finally. I'm glad you finally assigned it to me, but. Uh, Matt, for years, was talking about how this movie is incredible and this movie is amazing and really, um, you know, potential for an oversell. And still, like, just, I I don't know. I don't think this movie can be oversold. And and crazy because there was no, and probably because he had been nominated for that crusty character for... uh, uh, I know in like awards, right? Nick Nolte. Yeah. Like he's already been like nominated. Like, like, yeah. Like every time you get a crusty old character for a guy or a, uh, an overbearing mom for a, for a a woman, you get that best supporting actor. Not. Yeah. But like, if you do it too much, then, you know, the Academy probably doesn't, is like, okay, you've done this before. We're not going to give it to you this time. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Um, I also just want to say that apparently Mysterio is going to be the Spider-Man 2 villain. And I'm in. Yeah. I like that. Uh, on the uh, Courtesy of the IMDb homepage. I'm very, very interested, speaking of Tom Hardy, mm-hmm. on the whole Ooh. Venom yes. thing. Because I don't know how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It'll be interesting, um, but I'm in. I, it looks like uh, it looks like you know what could go wrong. Sony's already always done like a really good job with that whole universe and franchise. So, so. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what could go wrong? What could go wrong? Uh, anyways, yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm very curious about it, uh, but I'm more curious. Uh, about the here and now, I assigned you a movie last week. Yes, and that's uh, exclusive. Code Chrome. Yeah, and w- we should be pretty transparent. Mm-hmm. Like you wanted to watch Warrior, and I yeah. wanted to watch Code Chrome, so we assigned each other. Yeah, even though, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's um, yeah. I mean, but that's what this podcast is about. It's hey, all about seeing movies and letting you guys know movies. how they are. Yeah, so uh, Kodachrome. Uh, you would know it as a Paul Simon song mm-hmm. from the early 80s. Um, Graceland? Is it? I no. can't remember. No, that's just another song. Oh, oh and yeah. an album. Yeah, it's a great album, but that was just yeah. being stupid. No, I yeah, I don't know where it's from. I just know he sang it. But... Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, this movie is streaming on Netflix. It's Netflix original uh, from this year or from last year, I guess, 2017, which doesn't quite make sense. I think it's 
I wonder it's, if it if it has to do with when it was copywritten. Probably. Or yeah, when it was like in um like any of the uh uh or like the, the award circuit or yeah, the festival yeah, the, circuit. Uh, the, festival the, circuit, the, not the award circuit. Yeah, the whatever. But anyways, uh this is starring uh Ed Harris, Jason Sudeikis, and Elizabeth Olsen. Directed by Mark Raso, who is known for a bunch of looks like kind of TV stuff. Uh, director he did uh, Copenhagen. Mm. Is that the like? Mm, that's probably there. There's like a a mobster gets relocated. To like no, this is definitely not it. No, when a girl of your dreams. It's half your age. It's time to grow up. What? I, that's that, what Copenhagen's uh That doesn't make is. sense. I guess. Uh, I don't know. The girl of your dreams is... Uh, whatever. That that, uh, is a, that is a mind puzzle. Yes. So what I think this was is we get a script and we get some good actors and uh, who's available to direct it. Mm-hmm. And um, what was okay? I'm gonna. Uh, there's good and bad about this movie. Um, the bad. I'm gonna concentrate on the bad first. It was so predictable. Within the first 25 minutes, I knew exactly what the closing scene was gonna look like. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what it was gonna be. Oh. And um, it was so predictable. So basically, Jason. Uh, Jason Sudeikis is a uh, person who is at a job. He's a record. He's working for a label. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to sign artists. But he hasn't signed any big artists lately. And he's on the cusp of being fired. And at this point, he learns that his father is dying. Ed Harris is his father. And he's a very famous uh, photographer who has been known uh, uh, like super, uh, prolific, uh, prolific, uh, uh, photographer known worldwide. So he's kind of living under his shadow and he finds out that his dad at Harris is dying and he wants to take a trip to someplace in Kansas. Um, that is the last place that they can develop film. And he has a couple rolls of film that he wants to develop before this place closes. Because after that, there's no more developing any film. Hmm. And okay. like I said, it's very predictable. And yeah. I, at like I said, the 25 minute moment, I knew exactly what was happening. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen is his, is Ed Harris's nurse that is kind of going along is kind of the, uh, there, it's a very strange relationship between the father and the son. Uh, they haven't talked in quite a while, but she has. Uh, she tells uh, Jason Sudeikis' character. I should say it by their name, but it's not worth it. Hmm. Um, it's just it's a road trip film with, um, and it kind of goes along with what we're going to be talking about next week mm-hmm. uh, with like. Um, uh, there is a lot of uh, soundtrack 
stuff going on, right? So yeah, okay. it's driving in the car, they have conversation, they stop at a place, they talk a little bit, then they drive in the car a little bit, and then they talk a little bit more after they stop, and then they and then they go to a place where there something happens, and then they drive in the car a little bit more, and then there's a little bit of drama. It's just it's it is so predictable. But so that's the bad parts of it. Right. The good parts of it are are the the um, the acting in it and the interactions between the characters. Jason Sudeikis, I really like him as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a Will Forte or well, maybe not a Will Forte in this part, but like, give me somebody else. I mean, Will Forte did this with in Nebraska with uh, uh yeah, uh, with uh, Bruce Dern. Bruce Dern, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing. It's it is it is the most wrought um, uh, storytelling that you can get. I mean, it's like, oh, here we go. Uh, they're standoffish. You know, they haven't talked to each other for a million years, and then we're gonna start to get. Oh, we'll peel back the layers a little bit, and then we'll get a little bit close. Oh no, and they're gonna pull back away because they hit a uh, speed. In a nerve. But at the end, what's gonna happen? They're going to get back together and it's going to be didn't see that. coming. And like, and that's, uh, yeah. Like give me something a little bit better. It's, it's just, but I can't tell you how much I enjoyed Elizabeth Olsen and Ed Harris in this. Jason Dacus was, he was fine. He was, Mm -hmm. he was okay. He didn't do a whole lot. Ed Harris is one of our, I don't know if he's won any Oscars, but he's, He's worth it. He can act. And Elizabeth Olsen, like, she, like it's a good thing she was killed off in, or spoiler alert. Ah, yeah. She dies in Kodachrome? Uh, yes, Kodachrome. Harsh. Ed Harris kills her with the Infinity Stone. <laughs> uh, yeah. So her her time is better served. Doing yes. other things, uh, so, but like the acting between those two are really it like it it's well acted. It's just it's just such a played out tropey story, right? Like getting back together with that, and you know how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. You know, like the guy's going to die, he's going to die, and then he's going to be sad, and, and then like I don't even think I can ruin this movie because it was so. Um, paint by numbers. Yeah, it was like I knew exactly how the end credits were going to look, and I, I dare you to watch it and be surprised. <laughs> um, I I gave it a six just because of how good Ed Harris is. Like, and yeah. he's one of our great American actors. That, he is a great actor, and like hasn't been used well enough. Like he really hasn't. Like where I'm, like he was. Um, I like some of the uh, needful things he was great in. And um, uh, what's the other one? Damn it! He's typically um, relegated the to rock. bit roles. Yeah, he was. He was great in the Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what's the other one? Oh, oh, oh um, uh, History of Violence. Oh yeah, he yeah. was great in that, right? And but he's all he's very they don't use him enough and like he could like and he's gonna die soon probably I mean he's 
I mean, he's got to be 70 years old, 60. Mm-hmm. He's born 1950, so he, yeah, he's coming up on 70 years old. Like, let's get him into more stuff. Let's not just use him as an old actor. Like, like. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. And uh, it's, but, oh, he was great. Did you, you said the Truman Show, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was just fantastic in that. And, um, uh, but, you know, we're. I've reviewed a couple uh, Netflix movies here recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just kind of paint by numbers. Let's get big actors. Yeah, and what are we gonna do with it? I guess you know. Here's the thing: if it was a great movie, they'd be in the box office, or they'd be in the someone the else. Theater. Yeah, would buy it up from under them. Yeah, yeah. But it's worth watching. It for the acting, hmm. it is very pink by numbers. Um, uh, yeah. What was weird is uh, Jason Sudeikis is a year older than I am, mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Olsen is a year younger than you are, and they end up hooking up. Hell yeah! I mean, it's a little weird. Yeah, it seems, just seems a little unlikely. Yeah, but like, let's not do that. Let's stop doing that. Yeah, why do they always need to be together? No, it doesn't need to. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that that's, you know, a a thing too is like, that's just when you have the, um, you know, two big name actors and one is a girl and the other is a guy, is they're going to you know, end up together in these paint by number things. It just, it's inevitable. We know it's coming. Why do we need to keep doing it? Yeah. It's just, it's just rot. Mm-hmm. I said that about six times. It's, okay. it's just over. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I, I can, I can honestly say that if you are into watching acting, it's, not that it's a great performance. It's not by anybody, but it's yeah. like it's a well acted movie, and it keeps it kept my interest. And I, you know, and that's one of the one of the keys to it. And I gave it a six. So it's better than a five. It's better than average. Yeah, but it, so. yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. We we uh, we keep trying with these Netflix movies. It's uh, I'll keep trying. Yeah. I love Netflix. Yeah. Well, I was you know just... what I like more? Hmm. It's to pee right okay. now. Sounds good. Do it. All right. That felt like no time at all. Well, and it felt really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. There's a lot of pressure, especially like down here. Pressure to do well. Yeah. So, um, I have a couple other movies I want to talk about uh, yes. that I watched, and one of them I'm going to be signing to you, um, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. Yeah. That's, a, that's something they call in the industry a tease. Um, I did go and see Deadpool 2 in the theaters. Nice. Um, nice. I was actually a little disappointed by it. I'm not going to get like all into it, but like... Um, there was some like serious parts. Remember in Deadpool one, like there's like some serious parts, like when they, you know, you know, this is, we're going to, uh, 
I there was a couple series like this. It was wrought with melodrama in this mm-hmm. movie. It was weird. There were really? some funny parts, and I laughed. And there was it was a lot of contemporary humor. But what what I noticed was that the original writer and director of Deadpool, the first Deadpool, wasn't associated with this one. Mm. Like, I don't think, and uh, and it had a lot of like current like they had some mike pence jokes and stuff like when you start doing like current humor like that's whenever you, it's it's funny at the time but it ne- yeah. doesn't really translate all that well no yeah pop culture references are not they they just don't, uh, I don't I, it's know. pop culture but they don't like always it has to work. be everlasting pop culture it can't be of the time yeah it can't be about like the uh, Prince Harry wedding, you know. Right. Yeah. It's gonna be both that royal, and Mike Pence it's are gonna, gonna be about the forgotten. royal family, not about Prince Harry. Yeah. It, it's. Uh, yeah, that sucks. I mean, it was fine. It was uh-huh. fine, but it wasn't like nearly as good as what I enjoyed. Like, I really enjoyed Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deadpool two. I. Uh, what was great though? Uh, Josh Brolin is Cable. Yeah. Like, and this is a nerdy thing to talk about is cable was a certain person for comic book readers yeah and it was fun to see him realized and so yeah that i i would i would say if i mean it's going to be out in the theaters for another probably six or seven weeks maybe a little bit longer yeah it's probably worth going and seeing um uh but definitely not as good as the first one yeah Um, it's so hard when when movies are a surprise to follow that up. Yeah. Like Deadpool was oh, a yeah. surprise, especially like Guardians of the Galaxy was a surprise, Iron Man was a surprise. It's almost like when you succeed it's it's almost like uh, what do we do? We have to do this again. Like yeah. that's that that was definitely the case with Sin City. Oh, like And and you and Guardians of the Galaxy as well. I mean, for sure especially um, like guardians of the galaxy is a great example of it was such a surprise hit and everything down to the um soundtrack was just like a a, a it was a touchstone moment in yeah. pop culture and but, you can't but it has to happen organically and in the sequel you have to create it it's like and, and not only that it's just like okay we've introduced the characters already mm-hmm. do we how do we introduce them like Again, yeah you know and yeah and it was kind of there was some very fun moments and like i didn't hate it at all didn't hate it at all it yeah. just wasn't didn't live up to the first one so um i did see uh i watched coco with my wife and son which yes. was fantastic it was really like pixar uh visually just uh really well done um and what i liked about it as well is like is it was based on the day of the dead uh in in mexican culture right and Mm -hmm. they didn't do any whitewashing it was all mexican actors it was just like straight up we're gonna do this right and maybe you know some people would be like oh this is just pandering to the mexican no this is pretty it was pretty good in um 
in representing it. And like, mm-hmm. I, I felt like I, and I felt like I, I learned something in this movie because I awesome. didn't. Yeah. It, 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 it uh, and not only that, it was just a spectacle to watch because mm-hmm. it was, it was so, it was really beautiful. So I actually yeah. did not see the movie. I fell asleep and not through any fault of the movie. I was just, um, OT's family was in town, so I was just beat. And at the end of the night, they wanted to watch a movie, and I was like ready for bed an hour ago. So it has nothing yeah. to do with the movie, but it does. Like it, visually, it looks awesome. I think. I yeah, I it mean, too. it's just it just every, every at every turn, there's like just huge colors and just like everything's popping out at you. And yeah, it it um yeah, it's it's just one of those movies where. It, it's one of those surprise movies because yeah. like I had no, I mean, uh, you know, I'm a white guy in Pennsylvania. Like Hell what do yeah. I want to, I mean, maybe I should want to learn more about Mexican culture, but like I got a lot of shit on my table. Yeah. But this movie, if this is my introduction to Mexican <laughs> culture, then maybe it did a good job. Well, I, I mean, mm, I don't know, but I, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but I, I do think so. There's this real weird backlash now, and uh, I was thinking about this in the the Incredibles two trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this there's this really weird backlash now of things that have always existed are now being treated like they're pandering or they're you know you know they're serving an agenda or like. Uh, so uh, um, with specifically with Incredibles 2, as soon as I saw the trailer, I knew there's going to be a backlash on it. There's going to be some sort of like th- this, you know, insane, like all ultra lib, like the dad staying at home. Well, yeah, and, explain it. Yeah, it's, yeah, that's what it is. Yes. But immediately the first thing I thought of was a movie called Mr. Mom where Michael yeah. Keaton stays at home. Like, these things have been around forever. Or it's like, oh, they're pushing this female agenda with Star Wars and, and Wonder Woman. And like, how about the Alien franchise? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the most badass characters of all time. Yeah. Who is also a woman. Like, it, it was, <laughs> stop acting like this shit is brand new and getting upset about it. Like, no one's trying to, like shove shit down your throat if you don't want to see it don't go see it but don't act like there's the there's this affront against you and your white maleness like which you know i understand i'm saying that as as a white guy but like and here's the other thing you You wear that shit oh yeah you know how many white people got paid off of coco yeah how many people got paid off of black panther Mm mm-hmm yeah yeah, it's yeah. like stop it. Yeah, yeah. You need to grow up. If you're that, like, you're these people are just they've got to just be so fucking insecure that they can't handle a um, a movie with a predominantly black cast being a blockbuster or yeah. a a mom having a lucrative job. Like, it just makes me so fucking mad. And I think it it's it's pathetic and we're at a day and age where it's just getting uh you know 
everyone's in an echo chamber, but they also kind of tend to bleed out. And like, I can't go online without hearing like, you know, Pixar is emasculating men by having the moms in the workplace or something. It's like, I don't want to hear your dumb shit. Like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Don't go see the movie if you don't want to see yeah. it. But you're probably going to miss out. Yeah. Because well, Incredibles you, was awesome. Well, they're, pro- they're probably working a lot. So they can't go see the movie. Mm-hmm. Providing for their family like a man yeah. should. Right. Yeah. God, so but I, I mean, I loved it. I, I thought it was, I mean, going back to Coco. It's cool. Just, yeah. Uh, sorry. I totally went No, 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 no. It's, it's totally worth it, that because it's, it is a, it's something like that will get pushback. It's like, why mm-hmm. you want to do this all Mexican like theme thing? Like, what have they done? You know, whatever, you know, but it is a, it's a, it's a, uh, like getting into other people's cultures isn't like a bad thing and and listening to it, like air watching it or whatever it is. And it's a, you know, obviously like a, um, super stylized and very, Mm -hmm. you know, crazy look at it, but it's, I mean, fun look at it. Like it's, it is so worth the watch and like Pixar doesn't do bad stuff. They don't. Like I haven't seen a bad Pixar movie. I haven't. No, I haven't either. And, I don't think it exists. You know, there's some that are better than others. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like it's not. There's none that are like I've never. A dirty little secret in the like filmography is like, oh, we don't talk yeah. about that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. it's that just, being said, I do. I wish they would uh, cut it with, uh, with the whole Toy Story thing. I'm just I'm sick of toys taking jobs from human actors. That's right. With yeah. the goddamn liberal media profiteering. Toy Tom of- Hanks taking jobs from Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. When when can I see some movies about some white men? I, w- I wish I had a cricket sound effect right there. <laughs> Which I guess I could have uh-huh. added after the fact. That's right. Because you're going to be doing a lot of editing. Come Hell on. yeah. I love it, though. I was actually having a discussion with Matt because I'm going to be out of town next week. And we we're trying to figure out Mavs. And and I was telling him, like, you know, I'm willing to do the recording stuff. And then I texted him immediately after. I was like, actually, I want to do it because I like doing it. <laughs> so it's all good. I wish I knew how to do it. But I don't. All I know how to do is just talk into a microphone, which I'm going to talk about with Annihilation, which will be your mm-hmm. watch for next week. Heck yes. So Annihilation is um, it's the follow-up to Ex Machina. Um, as far it's not like a sequel or anything like that, but it is a uh, the director and I think writer. Alex uh, Garland, mm-hmm. who who wrote and directed, uh, and he also wrote and directed Annihilation. Um, and so it's his follow follow up and a movie uh, Ex Machina that we don't really talk about a whole lot in this movie or in this in this movie this podcast. But like I know we both like thoroughly enjoyed, like just loved it. I didn't like um, that the robot was a girl because the robots are smart and girls aren't. But other than that, well, yeah, but they also were predictable mm-hmm. <laughs> and naked. God, that movie was so fucking good. Yeah. 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 That's we we don't talk about it a lot. I feel like that was I remember I was living in uh, 
Florida when I saw it. I was still in my first of many apartments in Florida, so it was probably right at the beginning of this show. And we were probably a little gun-shy about talking about movies too much. Right. Which clearly, we're not yeah. afraid of anymore. Yeah. Um, and in just a fantastic movie, like just visceral, raw, um, uh, 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 thought-provoking, and just you know, where are we going from here type stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to go a whole lot into Annihilation. I'm going to recommend it to a certain population of movie watchers. I'd say Fredo would probably like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think Neil would, I think Neil would enjoy it. Um, Devin actually, you know what? Pretty much everyone that listened and you know, the people that we, yeah. Yeah. We know uh, JK would probably like it a lot. Nice. Um, but, I, it's hard. I like my wife wouldn't like this movie. I don't think. Um, it happens. I, I I'm I'm trying to think who would like this movie. It's hard to recommend because it is it is very heady. Like it's it like there's a lot of stuff that I think I've missed, mm-hmm. and I'm I I I probably I don't know if I want to watch it again. I've watched actually while watching the movie, I rewound scenes just to watch them again. So nice. I don't. Like, have you ever done that in a movie, like in the middle of it? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If I'm watching at home, especially like if I'm time, watching first if, time movies, if I'm watching it by myself. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. Maybe be... that's not a good thing because like maybe you're distracted. You're not paying attention or. Uh, I mean, I think it definitely depends on how you're rewinding it. If you're like looking at. um like a, a Reddit about Sharpies or something, and then you go back, like obviously you're not paying enough attention. But if you're right. like an engaged, if you're engaged watching it and you feel compelled to rewind it, I think that that's um, more often than not probably a good thing. I, I guess. I, 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 I'm not going out on a limb and saying this is a great movie because I don't think it is, but it is thought provoking. Um, and I'm going to sign it to you this week, nice. and I'd like to have a bigger conversation next week or the week after, yeah, based on it, yeah, because um, there's something to be talked about here, and I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, maybe I I I want to dig deep into it because I'm looking forward there, to it. I've there's I'm really one or two scenes it. that are fucking great. Mm-hmm. But then there's a lot of fluff in the middle of it. So, like, uh, don't be looking for a fantastic movie because I don't think it is. But there are okay. some really good aspects of this movie. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm excited to watch it. So, so And thank you, Fredo, good. for yes. doing that because as soon as it popped up, yeah. I was on it. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I've got one for you. Yeah. Uh, from 2017, streaming on Amazon Prime right now is Last Flag Flying. Mm-hmm. And that uh, is going to be Steve Carell and uh, oh, let me type here. Brian Larry Cranston, Fishburne. Larry Fishburne. It's, oh, it's Lawrence Fishburne. Screenplay by, oh, uh, directed by Richard Linklater. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll come up again soon here. Mm, um, 
Yeah. And Brian Cranston. uh, You said that right. Yes, I believe so. If I didn't say it, I was thinking it. Uh, Yeah. So I thought it was a war drama, um, but it's also being billed as a comedy. And with Richard Blinklater involved, that makes a little more sense. Yeah, I wonder how this is going to go, because I think it ha- it's probably going to have some heavy stuff in it, but I'm interested in seeing it. So, thank you. Um, well, speaking of Richard Linkletter, mm-hmm. uh, his his spiritual follow-up to uh, Days and Confused, which took place in the 70s, Everybody Wants Some, it takes place in the 80s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And I want you to watch that, because I really like this movie and i'm interested to see what you think of it I'm and excited i to guess watch it. the reason why we're doing two movies each mm-hmm. is we may you have a trip you have to take yes so so, i've simply got to get back to chicago mm-hmm. i need some pizza that's right yes um so i'm excited about this this, is, this one's been uh on my list for a while now it's one of those that I've just kind of been putting on the back burner. Like I flip through and I'm like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. Now I'm going to get to it. No, no, no okay. question about so it. The one thing I'm going to say about it and you can, I want you to come back and tell me whether I'm wrong or, wrong or right. It's f- fun. It's like, it's, it's lighthearted. I I guess I would say it's the good parts of, the 80s mm-hmm. and I, I, I yeah well we'll see what what we talk about next week or the week after sure that sounds like a plan um yeah because i feel like i i'm curious because i feel like a lot of 80s movies have a very um it, it's very uh well, there's Nailed a difference down. between 80s movies and looking back on the 80s, right? Yeah. No, not like I don't mean like John Hughes movies. Those don't necessarily feel like those are definitely from the 80s and they have the, that kind of time stamp on them. But those don't feel like they're they're not reflective on the 80s. Right. Um, this is like a Wolf of Wall Street, Money on. Never Sleeps. Like, you know, they're just <laughs> those. The, I, I feel like those are. Those are what I think of when I think of 80s movies, like movies right. about the 80s. Um, when I think of like John Hughes movies, I, I think of good mu- movies that took place in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a, definitely a movie about the 80s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so like you cannot get away from it. Like a movie like Breakfast Club mm-hmm. could be any time. Yeah, absolutely. But specifically, it probably took place in the late 80s yeah it it took place when it was being filmed but yeah. you but it's really it's not about like it nailing about an aesthetic that. yeah it's about a time in 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 a young person's life not necessarily a time in u.s history yes so. uh, i was gonna say i'm i'm curious i would like to see uh link ladder tackle the 90s he kind of did it with slacker but slacker came out in 91 there's there's still three more years of the 90s left yeah i think of the the movie go mm-hmm. i could see it, that 
Yeah, that that was that felt like the '90s for me. Nice. That was such a great flick. It is, yeah. It was uh, Tarantino-ish mm-hmm. esque. Esque. Absolutely. Oh, damn it. Yeah, right at the uh, turn of the century there. Who who was in Sarah Polly? Was that her name? Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen her in anything recently. Anyways, uh, okay, so cool. I've got another one for you. This is one that you said you've been wanting to watch. I assume you read the book that it's based on. I have not. You have I not. Just, oh, okay. No, I just like I like Eric Bana a lot. And okay. I've heard that this is his best role. All right, cool. So in 2000, he uh, was in the movie Chopper, the story of Mark Reed, um, based on his book From the Inside, um, which is, I kind of thought maybe you had read or listened to it, to that one. Well, maybe I shall. I, it, I, I bet you will. <laughs> if, I, if I were a gambling man, which I am, mm-hmm. huge gambler, hooked on it. Uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I do like my deep dives, don't I? Yes. Well, you you um, know, I feel like you know how to optimize your time as far as, because you're on the job most of the day uh, by yourself. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And instead of like me, I would listen to like the same 30 albums over and over throughout a year. Mm-hmm. And... And like interspersed with some new ones, you actually, you know, get get into podcasts, some some quality programming like stuff you might find on the sauce dot com or <laughs> span the void dot com. Um, and uh, a lot of a lot of audio books. And then uh, do you do you just listen to movies sometimes? Uh, occasionally, like when I'm in the mood, like actually it's on the weekends when I want to listen to movies, like mm-hmm. I'll throw in the big Lebowski or something like I were. Yeah. Um, you can just pop but, it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and it's weird because like I have my like daily podcast I listen to and all that stuff, but also like I'll find a, uh, I'll find a, an audio book, mm-hmm. like 18 hour audio book or, you know, what was crazy? Like there was a, um. The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Yes. Which is like 35 hours long. <laughs> or, or some of the Dan Carlin's like hardcore history. Yeah. Uh, stuff that like they're po- like he has one episode. It's like four hours long. Jeez. It's like a Spanavoid episode. <laughs> and like I'll, I'll just dive deep into one subject for like two or three months mm-hmm. and exhaust it. And then. I'll come out of it, and I'm like, hey, I know enough about that. I'm going on to the next thing. Yeah. No, but that's yeah. cool. That's awesome. I I, uh, I do think that I'm telling you, I would not do that with my time. I would I would waste it listening to the same old shit over and over again. Uh, I love well, it. I know, love you know it. What? But... Uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, Disgraceland. Yes. Uh, the the uh, Take A47. I haven't listened to that one yet. I just so uh, so since I since I switched to Overcast, I was like, oh shit, Disgraceland. So I just listened to the Rolling Stones one. Take K is the next one. Oh, um, <laughs> but I love. I, we I'm, should talk about. We should talk about. The, um, 
the Rolling Stones. Yeah. And, uh, the Queen of Canada. Yeah. The Sleeping First Lady of Canada. Everyone. Getting everyone. pounded out. Um, hilarious. But also, it's so funny because, um, so Jake Brennan, who does it, he, he nailed it on the head where he's like, you know, and I'm a Rolling Stones fan too, just through my dad. But yeah. it it is now like he kept referring to them. He's like they were a dangerous band, and like they were totally. You hear the stuff, but then when actually someone like breaks it down for you, and like and like not like hyperbolic or hyperbole. Yeah. It's like they were dangerous. Like they were a threat arrested. to themselves and others. Yeah, like yeah. arrested for trafficking. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm familiar with uh. Little Tay K and uh, the run. So I'm excited to hear uh, hear his breakdown of it. I like that show a lot. Um, it's a little, uh, it can be a little ham fisted at times, but. Well, a little bit, but like he's he's producing a show and like. True. I, um, but I did watch the the race, right? Yeah. Uh, the video they put out. I'm Little Tay K. I don't think you want no action. I love it. That, that kid a, looks. He looks he like looks, a baby. He's so young. He looks like a juvenile whenever he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever juvenile's doing his first big yeah song, you know, like back that ass up. Like he looks younger. Like he looks like juvenile's son. Juvenile. Uh, he he really did not think. Uh, career longevity through. No, he didn't. Because he's got a gray goatee now. And I love Juvenile. Uh, oh, yeah. But. <laughs> he, yeah. He, he didn't age well. Yeah. He, he looks he looks like grown-ass man. Yeah. Um, I still haven't seen him. He's, like, around a lot. He's from New Orleans. Right. Um, but I still haven't seen him or Currency, who... Uh, made me want to visit new orleans in the first place because currency is uh he's a rapper who he has like a uh standing almost like a vegas style like he has a standing uh he has a show every wednesday Invitation. night at the house of blues yeah and i still i just haven't gone gotta do you that. need it i know i love him he's he's awesome um but yeah little take a i don't think you want no action uh, uh, such an yeah. well, interesting story. Ugh, Goodbye. Yeah. yeah, it's it is sad when you you squander that potential, but you, uh, yeah, whole other story for another podcast. Anyways, um, so we got some some stuff to talk about uh, yes. in the coming weeks. Uh, if you guys want some uh, some some stuff to watch before you get our opinions on stuff, etc. We've got you covered. We're not going to leave you hanging. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Uh, I went genre this week. I went genre. Oh, good. You know what? I want... Um, there's something I think about this week. Um, when we get to October, mm-hmm. we're doing nothing but horror. Let's, I love it. Let's get in. I'm in. Let's just revel in it. Yes. Yeah. Crush let's it. Go all the way. Yeah. I love it. Uh, but not till October, so yeah. don't. Okay, I'm gonna burn one here, um, <laughs> but the other. Uh, this is a good one. Any any time here. Uh, so, John Carpenter in 1981, he made a little movie called Escape from New York. That little movie is streaming on Amazon Prime. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 
And well, uh, uh, if you haven't okay. seen it, I've read the uh, book, obviously. Yeah, well, I'll go. Um, stream on Netflix right now and right, right in that same vein. Like, mm. just like hardcore gritty, just like take no uh, prisoner Turner and Hooch. Hell yeah. Like, a f- I mean, I mean, Tom Hank- Hanks is like eminently likable, right? Yes. Yeah, perpetually. Yes. Per- and even with the whole um, Me Too movement and everything, he he like had this interview that was like, this guy is just, this, this guy is perfection incarnate. Yeah. Like he, he just, he gave this like great interview of, he was basically like, you know what? That's disgusting, but we as a people are going to stand together and persevere. And you're like, holy shit. Tom, yeah. Tom, you running? 2020, yeah. baby? That's right. Him and The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think The Rock probably would pick Kevin Hart as his running mate. Uh, I mean, we're not that far away from President Camacho. No. No. And that's a movie we haven't talked about enough either on this podcast. Yes. No. I just wish Ric Flair was healthy enough to run. Oh, he looks bad. He so I um uh, on the subject of rap, there's a song out called Ric Flair Drip. Uh and <laughs> that's <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh I love it. It's it's like total cheese like pop rap um but he's in the video and he like you know when you can just tell someone's really working hard to like move quickly but they're also not moving quickly that's him it's like oh man and i'm not a wrestling fan but i love rick flair yeah i uh, i i as well love rick flair it's just he yeah he yeah, he just. I guess I mean, he, he's yeah. He he's just not not doing great. No, but woo, it's gonna <laughs> be okay. <laughs> Mostly, I just love that. I like didn't. I honestly didn't know who Ric Flair was until probably within like the past how ten you? years. I had no idea who he was until Pusha T. Uh, who's one of my favorite rappers, called him the original rapper. Because <laughs> he was like, yeah, his like larger was. than life persona. And I was like, yeah. I got to know who this guy is. Yeah. And he's he's lived life to the fullest. And yeah, for sure. I've, I've heard. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, turn yeah. on Hooch. Streaming on, Am- <laughs> or, uh, streaming on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, nice. And... So my uh, my movie that maybe you should have saved for October, but who knows if it'll be streaming at that point. Uh, a movie from 2010 called The Last Exorcism. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. this is a really, really good movie. Um, maybe I'm just super uh, misguided, uh, but I think I would I would. Say say that this is one of my favorite found footage movies um it it just it it does such a uh 
good. It just feels authentic. It feels like um, the characters, they're all out there. Like the, the, um, yeah, it, it feels like a documentary. And like, right. there's a lot of found footage movies where it's like, okay, like this is good. They're going for a style. Like I, I get it. I can appreciate it. I'm definitely not, um, found footage got a little exhausting, but I'm definitely not uh, someone who was like enough already. If you can do it right. well, I'm into it. And I felt like this was one that it didn't feel so much as like watching a found footage movie as it did like watching a documentary. And yeah. uh, the, you know, the ending uh, maybe paints a little bit of a different picture, but it also reminded me of a very specific uh, X-Files episode, which right. is, you know, a lot I, right, right down the middle for me. Um, I think this was a really good movie, really underseen. So uh, I'm saying check it out. And <clears throat> if you're into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about, about podcast earlier. Yes, and I, I turned kind of turned you on to Time Suck. Yes, with Dan Cummings. Yeah, uh, he did a two-parter episode of the, the demonic possession of um, Annalisa Michelle, mm-hmm. and it was so he. Um, that possession was based, uh, the movie, um, the exorcism of Emily, Emily Rose. Rose. Yeah. And yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> what was I listening? Oh, it was you guys. You, you kept playing the, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so, the the movie oh god i gotta look that up but like if you're into that kind of stuff you want to get freaked out and weirded out by and that's me because i am i've been raised in that cult or in that um in that whole religious uh, culture yeah yeah, yeah. and Same like here. like that is a like is a real threat as you're growing up like mm-hmm. you could be possessed if you listen to acdc yeah too much. The, the devil gonna get you yeah and and uh but for some reason that makes me more likely to like uh the amityville horror Mm -hmm. the like all that stuff like i want that more and and um uh just like uh the movie we were talking about like i want to watch that because it fascinates me and it freaks me out it scares me but then again i know it's not real what is it i don't know yeah, that's be. the thing. It's like, tough to say. Like, there, yeah. there's I've seen some pretty compelling stuff. But uh, uh, and if you if you do like that stuff, check out Dan Cummins. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a uh, Time Suck, which is I really like that podcast. It's yeah. a really good, well well researched. He just his uh, latest one was on. Uh, remember that movie you saw me the um, uh, the. Um, uh, where they go to die in Japan. Um, uh, the uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey. They went to uh, like the suicide, the forest, uh, or not the forest. The um, was it the forest? No, it wasn't. Into the, the wood. No, no, no. McConaughey. It was the uh, sea of trees. Sea of trees. Right, right. 
Okay. And it's that place where they uh, people go to kill themselves. And he did a whole like when he when he says time suck, it's like I'm gonna just I'm gonna dive into this as you know and get as much knowledge as I can about it. And mm-hmm. it, it you know someone can correct me if they want to, but I'm gonna try to do my best. And he did that about this place where people go to kill themselves, mm-hmm. right in Japan. And yeah, that uh, yeah, that's uh, I don't know where this became a uh, podcast review. That's okay, but somewhere along the lines, but it is what it is. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's a good one too. I've I've only listened to a select few because uh, I'm too busy listening to the same thirty albums I always listen to. Yeah. No, it's good. He does a he does a good job. He's got a good sense of humor. Um, and he has a pretty and he does a good job of interjecting comedian. that. He's stand up, or yeah, just he, yeah. Okay. He he has uh, maybe I'm the problem is a not not bad stand up uh, routine. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, but he he has that kind of snarky. Uh, you know, likes to poke fun at what he's researching, but also obviously has put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah. So pretty cool. Um, the ones I've listened to, I've really liked. I think the Aleister Crowley one was my favorite, but I haven't listened to a ton. So, well, yeah, you have a good uh, subject. Yeah. yeah, and that guy. Yeah, fuck that guy. That there's a movie to be made about that guy. Absolutely, right? it's weird that there hasn't been one that was scored by Trent Reznor. That's right. I, yeah. Do you know how many times I listened to that uh, uh, immigrant song tonight <laughs> with uh, Atticus Ross? Nice. I I think I closed out last week with that one. Uh, oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the, the Led Zeppelin version's in uh, Ragnarok. Right. Had to do Such it. Such a good song. Yeah. That's the, best, that's the best Led Zeppelin song ever. My mind. Um, it might be, it could be there. Cause there's a case to be made. Don't. I'm a what? You can't. You can't play it. What? Stairway to heaven. No, no stairway. <laughs> no, I, I I wasn't gonna say that. I'm a huge fan of. Uh, uh, oh, when the levee breaks is a really good song. Too. When the levee breaks is great. A uh, couple songs on physical graffiti. I don't know. Led Zeppelin's really good. Um, just across the board, obviously they're they're a big fucking deal, but yeah, it's hard to nail down if I had a favorite. Um, but definitely, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, let's let's uh, zero in. On uh, this. So you were, I was Turner Turner Hooch. Yes, you did you not were, give your last one though. Uh, uh, stream on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay, this is an. Uh, this feels early 90s, late 80s-ish mm-hmm. very much. But it was based on the Thomas Harris book, of um, which eventually spawned um, uh, A Science of the Lambs. Yes. But the book that came before that was they... Um, God damn it! I'm having trouble talking. Um, so, Thomas Harris wrote a book mm-hmm. called Manhunter, 
mm-hmm. and they made a movie based on that book and it uh they eventually redid it as what was it red dragon red dragon right and uh manhunter was an 80 ish movie early 90s late 80s movie that was actually pretty good and stars the lead actor from csi um but it does have Hannibal Lecter in it, and it does have all the uh, telltale signs of the universe that Thomas Harris mm-hmm. uh, created. And um, it's it if if you're going to dive down or yeah dive down into that world of um, whether it's uh, the um, uh, the Hannibal or Red Dragon, or uh, you should start with this and and check it out because it is actually a pretty, it's a kind of it's a pretty good thriller for its yeah. time. I think that I, I think they're all really good. Um, uh, Manhunter, Red Dragon, and um, Hannibal. It's just hard to like if you see um, Silence of the Lambs first. It's right, hard to right, detach yeah. yourself from that. Um, and Hannibal is almost like by the time it gets to the end, it's almost a comedy, like with uh, yeah, it's uh, very over the top. With uh, yeah, fuck, what is his character's name in that? I can't remember. No, but doesn't yeah, matter. no, it, it doesn't. Um, then another great Ridley Scott flick. Yeah, and like it's like it, one of the most disturbing scenes you'll see in a movie. Oh yeah, I mean overall, Ridley Scott does do a good job, but it it just it it's so hard to. I don't think you can compete with uh, with Silence of the Lambs. You can't. Yeah. But uh, it's still I, they're all worth watching, and Manhunter is streaming on Amazon Prime, so why not do that? So, uh, just to. Reiterate, uh, we will be reviewing Last Flag Flying and uh, on Amazon Prime and Chopper on uh, that one's not streaming. Uh, Everybody Wants Some on Amazon Prime and Annihilation, which is also not streaming. But don't worry, The Last Exorcism, Escape from New York, and Manhunter are all on Amazon Prime. And Turner and Hooch is on Netflix, and they are all recommends from us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess without further ado, we're out of here, and we'll be right yeah. back. Yeah, and I'm gonna turn it on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Any last words? Oh, the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to say something, but I can't think of anything. Pops your uncle. <laughs> When did that start? <laughs> uh, we interviewed this guy from uh, England, and yeah, yeah, and Bob's your uncle. Fair enough. Uh, shut the fuck up, Donnie. I'm a warrior.
pressure. You got a shit waiting in the hole if they test you. A warrior. A sacrifice at all if he has to react and think about it after. I'm a warrior. Uh, right, motherfucker. Grandmama thought I ain't raised no sucker. Heart full of pride and a head full of anger. Attitude of a winner. Infrared for the danger. Even the paranoia of a female changing. Waking up every morning laying next to a stranger. I'm on the move. Smooth. With one eye for the snakes. Who can't stand